you know, as a church, and, and this year we've been preaching on faith all year long, but one of the things that God put into my heart was that throughout the year at different moments, we need to go back and hit who we are and some of these values that represent 3W Church. And as a matter of fact, there's a little image that's going to come up behind me here that mentions what our core values are. And so they're right there behind me, and I have them written down in a different order. They show up there, but one of them is to refill, and we say it this way. You've got to keep your tank full. Another one of our values is to refresh, even in the busy season. We talk here a lot about celebrating, honor the moment. We celebrate. Why do we celebrate? Because it's so much more difficult to be upset when you're celebrating what God has done. When you remember his goodness, you remember his faithfulness, that brings us encouragement. We talk about, or we stand on authenticity. We keep it real. What you see is what you get. Anybody here dealt with fake before? Can you not spot it a mile away? Right? You, you go out there and you're walking down the streets of New York and they got all these glasses and they look like Oakleys, but they're Folkleys. Or you thought it was a Rolex, but it was really a Polex, right? It was missing that little R. But, but we got all these things. We can spot fake and, and the world can spot fake. So one of our values is let's keep it real. Let's be authentic. We have generosity, not because we expect anything in return, simply just because. Why are we generous? Just because we can. And because we should. We talk about stewardship. Why? Because it all belongs to him. It's not ours. It's his. And another one of our values here at 3W is to serve as unto Jesus. It's why we constantly have activities and things that we do in the community, in schools or whatnot, to serve and serve our community. And today, I actually, as we're talking about faith, I want to hit two specific of these values. And it's this one. It's refill and refresh. Say it this morning, refill, refresh. With refill, we talk about keep your tank full. Any of you ever run out of gas? Any of you run out of gas? Okay, uh, let's, 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 have you been in a car that has run out of gas? I'm not asking if you were driving or not. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're going and all of a sudden, the engine starts to sputter. See, I remember, I've never been driving a car that ran out of gas, but I remember coming back from a youth retreat one time. And our youth pastor, we were reminding him, I mean, we left Miami and we did not put gas. And we were close to Orlando and we started driving back. We'd never put gas. And we remember looking at Pastor so-and-so, we need to put gas. Pastor so-and-so, we should put gas. And he would look and he says, but it says we've got half a tank. And here's the issue. The gauge read half a tank the entire drive. And so at one point down I-95, the car, the minivan, the van we were in stalled. It ran out of gas. The joke with him the rest of our lives is, hey, E does not mean an extra 10 miles. But here's the reality. Many of us are living in a chronic state of empty. We're living in a chronic state of empty. And what happens when you're chronically empty, you damage. As a matter of fact, if you're into mechanics, if you're into cars, you can read up on it. Constantly running your car on empty will hurt, hurt the gas gauge, will hurt the engine, will hurt your vehicle. You shorten the life of the vehicle if you chronically run it on empty. And what's happening with us? Many of us are running on empty. See, as you do research, as you learn, you can see that there's four tanks that each and every one of us have. Every single one of us has a spiritual tank. Every single one of us has an emotional tank. Every single one of us has a mental tank. 
And every single one of us has a physical tank. And the reality is some of us work at filling one of the tanks, but the other one is empty. And when something is empty, things don't work right. Refill. We've got to refill. We've got to keep our tank full. Keep our tank full. When when we're running our empty, our faith can sputter. In the same way that the engine of a car can sputter or will sputter, our faith, what we are believing God for, we will stop believing when we're on empty, when we're tired, when we're exhausted. If I want you to open up your Bible with me this morning, I want you to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter number 16. This is David who is writing here after the ark was put into the tent place of meeting or whatnot. And he says this, 1 Chronicles chapter number 16, verse number 11. 1 Chronicles 16, 11. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. You and I need to continually refill, and we refill as we spend time with God. We refill as we spend time with God. Do you have people in your life that drain you? Anybody? Do you have people in your life that fill your cup? Can I tell you, God is one that fills your cup. And as you and I spend time with him, we're able to be filled. As you and I spend time with him in prayer, as you and I spend time with him in the word, as you and I spend time in worship, we're able to be filled. As a matter of fact, how many of you, raise your hand if you want to tell you, and if you're online, put a little comment there. You've come to church, a gathering, you've spent time with a group of believers, you hear a message, you spend time in worship, and you leave in a better place. We're like, I don't know what happened, but I feel lighter. I don't know what happened, but I, it's, here's what happened. Your tank was filled. And when your tank is filled, you're able to be better. You're able to be better. Now, what's here another truth? And I wanted you to jot it down. We need to intentionally, that's the word, we need to intentionally spend time with God. You know, if you're not intentional about it, it won't happen. Anything that you want to accomplish, you need to intentionally set time for it. If you don't intentionally do it, it doesn't happen. I can't tell you a funny story. So I'm wearing new shoes today, okay? And the reason I'm wearing new shoes is because a few Sundays ago, you're here at church, and uh, I'm walking through first service, and, I, and I, I have a like a pebble in my shoe. And so I'm like, yeah, I got a rock in my shoe. It's weird. I haven't walked anywhere or whatever. So I go to my office. I take my shoe off. I get the pebble out. I put my shoes back on. I come back into service, and I feel a rock in my shoe. And I'm like, I just cleaned this out. So I go back to my office. I take off my shoe. I get out another rock. Check it. There's nothing there. Put it on. Midway through service, again, there's something in my shoe. I'm like, there's something wrong. This is like demonic, right? Like, there's stu- this is like where are these pebbles coming from? So I go, and in between service, I, I, I take my shoe off again. I get it out, and I realize that the inner lining of the shoe, kind of like on the back where your heel goes, it had like these little like pebbles there for like the cushioning, and my shoes, I've been wearing them a lot. I've worn them a lot or whatever. It had gotten a little hole, so all these little you know, pebbles that were in there to cushion your, your heel were falling out. So I got like a little scissor and I cut it and I got them all out. At least I thought I did. 
Middle 11 o'clock service, this service, here I am in the front. And I was like, now service started, I can't go back. So I preached the whole service with a rock in my shoe. So I get home and I tell Patty the story. And she was like, David, just throw them away and go buy a new pair of shoes. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I, and I go and I grab them and I walk to the kitchen. I open the lid and I throw my shoes in there. Last Sunday, I get up, get ready, shower all my stuff, get dressed, go to the closet. I never bought the shoes. <laughs> so I'm dressed. I got black belt, right? You know, I'm doing, you know now I'm, and I, got, I only got my brown shoes. My, you know, my dress shoes, I only had the brown ones. I had black ones, I had brown ones. And I'm like, oh, I've got to change clothes. I got my outfits. I can't wear brown shoes with the black belt and the thing, right? Like, you know, I used to, but my wife taught me better. So, so I went and I, and, I, and I changed my shirt. I changed my belt and I put on the brown shoes. Yesterday, we're sitting in the house and all of a sudden my wife says, did you ever go buy shoes? See, here's what happened. I threw away the old ones, but I did not schedule time to go get the new ones. At that moment, I was like, all right, let's go change. Got in the car, went over to Marshall's, got a pair of shoes, and now sporting them for the first time today. But here's the reality. Here's the thing. If you don't schedule, if you don't intentionally set aside time to spend it with God, you won't. I won't. Just being honest. Being authentic, I'm keeping it real with you. If we don't do it, if we don't schedule it, it won't happen. And if you try to do it at night, the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal to you the word of God. He tries to keep you awake. Because you try to read the Bible at night. Oh, I, I'm a night owl. I'm going to read it at night. No, you're not. You're tired. I'm trying to read Deuteronomy at 11 o'clock at night. That ain't happening, bro. Trying to read through the thing is like you read it four times trying to understand it. Here's the reality. We need to do it, and we need to do it early. As a matter of fact, Psalm 63, verse 1 says this. David writes, says, early will I seek you. In Spanish, it says, temprano yo te buscaré. Go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I don't know about you, but I feel we should learn from Jesus. If I'm going to follow anybody, it's going to be Jesus. But look at what Jesus does. Mark chapter 1, verse number, where'd it go? 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark. Notice there, like, like if you're an English person, right? And rising very early in the morning, comma, while it was still dark, comma. That's called an appositive to give further description of what was happening. So he's in there and he's like, the, the, the writer, Mark, is telling to us, it was morning. And not just it was morning, it was still dark outside. And we couldn't find Jesus. And you know where he was? He was off on his own in a desolate place. And what was he doing there? He was praying. He was spending time with God. You and I need to refill daily. And we do that when we wake up. What does that mean? Well, if you start work at 12 o'clock, you know, you, 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 your, your work starts at 12, so you wake up at 10. Hey, wake up at 945. That's early. If you get up at 6, get up at 545. Get a little bit earlier than what your regular start is to intentionally spend time with God. Spend time in his word. Spend time in worship. Spend time in prayer. That fills you. You know, if you are driving your car and you know you need gas, you may schedule, hey, on the next exit, I'm going to go put gas, right? But what happens if you get stuck in a traffic jam? Mike, have you ever gotten stuck in a traffic jam when you were on your way to get gas? 
So you uh, turn the air conditioner off. You put the windows down, praying it's not raining when you have to put the windows down. You do everything that might consume extra gas because you're in a jam. Can I tell you something? Many times in life when we're on empty, that's the moment the enemy's going to come. If we knew there was going to be a jam, we would have filled up. If we knew there was an accident on the way, I would have left earlier. If I knew the road was closed, I would have altered it. But we don't know when it's going to happen, so we have to always be full. Intentionally spending time filling our cup. Intentionally spending time in the word. Intentionally spending time in prayer. Intentionally spending time with him. We refill as we spend time with God. We intentionally spend time with God daily. Guys, it's not enough to get go off of yesterday. I mean, did anybody eat yesterday here? Raise your hand if you ate yesterday. All right, cool. Some of you didn't eat. We'll pray for you. Raise your hand if you're planning on eating today. If you ate yesterday and you're planning on eating again today, raise your hand. All right, cool. Awesome. So we're going to pray for other ones of you. We eat yesterday and we ate yesterday. We're going to eat today. Newsflash, you're going to eat again tomorrow. Why? Because your body needs it. What happens actually when you go time without eating? Maybe you got a stomach bug. Something was happening. You're not eating. What happens? You get weak. And guys, if in our physical body we get weak when we don't consume the nutrients, don't you think your spiritual body in the same way is getting weak when you're not filling it? When you're not adding to it to be able to get through the obstacles, to be able to get through the circumstance? Many times we just try to live off of yesterday. I got a little bit more. It's almost, it's right above E. When it gets to E and the light turns on, I still got 10 more miles. No, you don't. Don't wait. Because if you wait, you know what actually they say? They say if you wait till you're thirsty to drink water, it's too late. It's why athletes are constantly hydrating. It's why the coaches are telling the athletes to constantly hydrate and drink, especially in the heat of Miami. Because if you wait till you're thirsty... Your body is already dehydrated. It's too late. Guys, we can't wait. We need to daily, constantly. I want you to jot this down. We live off of God's word and it builds our faith. We live off of God's word and it builds our faith. Again, let's follow Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 4. This is when Jesus is tempted by Satan. The Bible actually says he had fasted for 40 days, 4-0, 40 days and 40 nights. And I love that Matthew puts in there, and he was hungry. Duh, right? Like, you know, if I fast, man, if I fast for one day, I'm hungry. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He's hungry. And so what does Satan do? Satan comes at that moment. His spiritual tank is super full. But what was his physical tank? His physical tank is depleted. And that's when Satan comes and says, hey, if you truly are the son of God, get these rocks and convert them into stone. Thanks. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. No, I'm just kidding. I messed up. All right. Get these stones and turn them into bread. Again, his physical tank was empty, but his spiritual tank was full. He had just been fasting. So what does he do? He looks at Satan and says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Church. We know the word because it's on what we stand to combat the enemy. It's on what we stand to combat the enemy. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, furthermore says this. It says that faith 
comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Pastor, I need more faith. How do I grow my faith? Spend more time with God. Spend more time knowing what he says. What, what, I mean, we were just singing a minute ago. You said it. I believe it. Well, if you don't know what he says, it's as good as nothing, isn't it? Like I, I remember hearing the story about this guy. He didn't have a lot of money, and he wanted to go on vacation. So he goes, and he saves every single penny that he can, and he buys a cruise ticket. And so he guys that gets a nice cruise, even like upgrades to the veranda, right? Like want to be in the, I don't want to get dizzy, like a little balcony, the whole thing. And so as he's getting ready to leave on the cruise, he goes to the supermarket and he spends a little bit of money that he has left on peanut butter, jelly, and bread. And he gets it all and he packs it and he goes in and every time, every day for breakfast, for lunch and dinner, he'd go back to his cabin, he'd make himself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He's seen that everybody around him is getting fatter throughout the week. He's like, bro, that guy came in here as a twig. He's a little heavier now. Like, what's going on? This food must be good. And he says, you know what? Oh, cruise is almost over. Today, I don't care what it costs, I'm going to eat dinner. And so he goes over to the main ball or the main dining area, and he sits down. And they come and they say, would you like the lobster? Would you like the steak? He was like, well, I need to know how much does it cost. He was like, well, what do you mean what does it cost? She said, all the food is included in your price of your ticket. And so here's this guy all week long having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches back in his thing, not having the midnight buffet of the pizza, not having, right? Like, George, you just want to cruise. You're telling me that pizza at midnight was good, right? Like, like we, we, we're, we're missing out because we don't know. And there's many believers chronically on empty and missing out because they haven't spent time in the Word of God. So they don't know what the Word of God says. And if I don't know it, it's as good as nothing. It's as good as nothing. Yeah, anybody here read warranty papers? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I, 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 a couple years ago, I, I, I'm a Costco guy, through and through. Buy almost everything at Costco. And so I had gone and, and done my tires at Costco. And uh, I realized, you know, I, I, I bought the tires. They were rated for five years, 60,000 miles, whatever it was. And, and, and at year three, and like 30, 20, 30,000 miles, the tires were worn out. So I was like, oh, I need new tires. So I drive over to Costco expecting to get new tires and, and do the, or to buy new tires, right? I go and I'm, right, I'm going to buy the tires. And the attendant looks at me and says, sir, I see here on the computer that you bought tires that were rated five years, 60,000 miles. I see here you've done every rotation. You've done all your things. And we're in the middle of that. You qualify for our warranty. And so they prorated what I did not get and applied that, and I only had to pay a portion for the new tires. If the attendant had not been looking out for me, I would have been stuck paying for brand new things that was under warranty. Guys, I can give you story after story. When we don't spend time learning what God says, we miss out. So one of our values and that we teach you and we stand upon, it is imperative, it is important to refill. Keep your tank full. Keep your tank full. Come on, can you say that this morning? Keep your tank full. If you're online, put it in the comment box. Keep your tank full. We live off God's word. It builds our faith. Now let's talk about refresh. We say it this way, refresh, even in the busy seasons. Refresh, even in the busy seasons. So what do I mean by refresh? Well, we refresh as we Sabbath. We refresh as we Sabbath. Now, the word Sabbath means this, to cease, to stop, to end. Did you know that Sabbath is so important that God modeled it? 
Let me say that one more time. It's so important that God modeled it. At creation, God modeled it. Watch, I'll show it to you. I, I, I don't say things that I can't back up with the word of God. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis is the first book in the Bible. Chapter 2 is the second page. Helping you out. It says in verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Go, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Let me tell you something. God doesn't get tired. But he modeled to us thick-headed human beings, work six, take one off. Work six, take one off. Not work one, take six off. Work six, take one off. But in my opinion, this is the most broken commandment by Christians, like woefully. Do you know it's so important it's in God's top ten? It's in the Ten Commandments. As a matter of fact, the fourth one, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And so here, going back to the word intentional, we need to intentionally schedule a Sabbath and keep it. We need to intentionally schedule a Sabbath and keep it. Weekly. Now, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This was very difficult for me. I actually went three full years without taking a day off. And, and it was pride. Can, it's okay. Can I be real with you? It was pride. So we launched 3W Church back in August of 2011. At that time... I maintained my corporate job. I worked for Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. I traveled Dade County and other parts of the state and the country teaching teachers how to use technology in their classrooms. I was good at my job. I enjoyed my job. I'm a teacher by profession. And I always, I was like, no, we, we, we're launching the church, but I, I can't be a burden to the church. I, I need so I kept my job. And for three, three and a half years or so, I worked for Houghton Mifflin while we launched a church, not taking a salary, not taking a paycheck from the church. And so we got to this point as the church started growing a little bit that I was doing 40, 50 hours for Houghton Mifflin and 40, 50 hours for the church. That's not healthy to work 80, 100 hours a week because what are you going to do? You have, you're married. I had one child at the time. Alexandra was on the way. And so we took a step of faith and we're like, hey, you know, we, we, we got to figure it out. And we met with the board of the church and we figured out compensation. We did all the different stuff. And I, I, I resigned from my corporate America job or my corporate job and I came to work full time for the church. Now, at that moment, my wife gets an opportunity to go into administration. She starts working as an assistant principal, then later a principal. And those first three years that I was running the church full time, as, or the, it's really years three and a half to about seven, okay, of the church as a whole. But it's the first years that I'm on salary for church. I schedule a day off. And I'd get up. My wife leave to work. My daughter would go to daycare. And I'd sit down and I would look at myself and I had the little voice that said, what kind of man are you sitting here taking a day off and your wife's out of school working? Being honest, pride. I was prideful. Well, I'm supposed to be providing, I'm supposed to be doing this. How, how, how can I be doing this? And she's, and so I don't know, I got to work. I got to work. No, no, I have. So I went three years. And it wasn't because my, my wife would tell me, take a day off. 
You need to rest. I was chronically fatigued. I was chronically tired. It was not healthy. So pride has to be pushed to the side. And then in faith, you take the step to Sabbath. In faith, you take a day. And you allow God to refresh you. And you do things that fill you. All four tanks. Remember, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical. So certain things that fill me might not fill you. Like, you know one of the things that fills me? Getting on my paddleboard. Put a little speaker on the front, worship, and I go on my paddleboard. That fills my cup. For some of you, especially if you can't swim, that might terrify you. That doesn't fill my cup. That gives me anxiety. What if there's a shark? What if there's a a, a, whatever? I would say hurricane. What if there's a a, a big fish? What it freaks me out? Well, for me, that's not anxiety producing. That's calming. My wife's totally different. One of the things that re-energizes my wife on her Sabbath is to like empty out a drawer or a closet and organize it. Bro, that gives me all kind of like anxiety. (laughs) It fills her cup. Like, no lie. Like, like you can ask her. So on Monday, last Monday was a holiday. We're not, I got up and I, and I went to go play racquetball because that fills my cup. It's a sport. And I, and I go and you, get the, you hit the ball and you get all sweaty. And, and so I finished playing racquetball and I get home and I open the front door of the house and, and, and the girls' rooms had just vomited everything into the, hall, into the house. Every doll, every toy, every everything. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to do. I walked in and I went, I shouldn't have left racquetball. (laughs) Why am I telling you this? You need to identify what fills your cup. Then you need to schedule the Sabbath and do things that fill you. What fills you? And what fills you might not fill your spouse. So husbands, let's be good husbands. Let's identify what fills our wife and let's ensure that she does it. Vice versa, wives, let's be good wives. If there's something that fills your husband, ensure you remind them, hey, that fills your cup. Make sure you do it. It is imperative that we Sabbath intentionally, intentionally, intentionally schedule it and take it. You know, we're living in a time where we are so connected, aren't we? How many of you, by a show of hands, your work email is also connected to your cell phone? Most of the room. So what happens? Even on your Sabbath, so we never turn it off. We never turn it off. There's a term. You can Google it later. It's called kiroshi. Kiroshi is a term that was coined in Japan several decades ago. And basically, it means this. Death by overwork. See, in Japan, they were having this situation where they were finding 35 and 40-year-olds dead at their desk. Not from suicide, from overwork. People who were working 18, 19 hours a day, seven days a week. And biblically, breaking the Sabbath, you know what the penalty was? Death. And so we're not under the law, we're under grace, but here's the reality. If we don't Sabbath, we're working ourselves to death. We're not able to enjoy what God has created for us to enjoy. We need to rest and refresh. We need to Sabbath. 
God modeled it. As a matter of fact, it's funny, when the law is instituted in Exodus and Moses gives the law to the children of Israel, gives them the Ten Commandments and all the other 600 laws that go along with it, and one of them is the Sabbath and keep it holy, on one day, they bring someone to Moses whose crime was, ready for this one? Gathering sticks for wood. But it was the day of the Sabbath. So they bring him to Moses and it's like, Moses, this delinquent. I don't know what he said, but he was gathering wood for fire, but it's the Sabbath. What do we do with him? Moses said, I don't know. Let me ask God. So Moses goes and prays, God, what do we do with the stick gatherer who violated the Sabbath? And God's answer was take him outside of the camp and kill him. But many of us, chronically fatigued and tired, are working towards an early grave and getting to heaven a lot sooner because we're not Sabbathing, because we're not resting, because we're not refreshing. What does a Sabbath day look like for me? I do nothing related to 3W Church. I don't check my church email. I don't carry the church cell phone. I don't do anything related to church. Sometimes I won't even answer a text message on my personal phone. If I know it's, it's I, I'll, I'll wait. Granted, could there be an emergency? Have I had to work on a day of my Sabbath because something happened? Somebody ended up in the hospital? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, Jesus made a way for that. He says, you know, they're, they're, they're the religious folk, they look at Jesus one day because you know what Jesus did? He healed somebody on the Sabbath. The horror. And they said, it's the Sabbath. And Jesus looked and said, how many of you, if you got a horse and it falls into a ditch on the Sabbath, aren't going to figure out how to get the horse out of the ditch? I love what Robert Morris, Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church in Texas, he says this. If your horse falls into the ditch one week, that's okay. But if it falls into the ditch every week, that's a stewardship problem. Put a fence around the hole. Catch that. If it falls into the ditch one week, that's okay. So what do you look for me? I delegate. Something happens sometimes on the day. Pastor Hulsa and I try not to Sabbath on the same day. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And so what happens? Something happens. Okay, hey, this person reached out. There's something going on. Please go call them. You're on. I'm off today. Simple things. Because it's important that we Sabbath. Because if we don't, we cannot fulfill everything that God has for us. We have to rest. We have to refresh. Here's another thing. I want you to jot this down. I want you to understand this. Sabbath is a gift from God to you. It's a gift from God. He modeled it in Genesis chapter 2. But you know what he said? Jesus this is Jesus. Now, again, we modeled after Jesus. Mark chapter 2. Go to Mark chapter 2. In Mark chapter 2... The disciples and Jesus are walking, and one of the disciples is hungry, and he grabs some grain from one of the plants, right? He grabs an apple, let's say. And he grabs and he starts eating, and the religious people, look, again, the religious people, listen, I want you to understand something. Religion does not work. We are not religious. We have a relationship with Jesus. Religion is built on a set of laws. I am faithful to my wife, not because of a law, but because I love her. 
I am faithful to my God, not because of laws of religion, but because I love him and he first loved me. I don't know who that's for this morning, but there's a difference between religion. So these religious people look at Jesus and say, look at the disciples. And Jesus says, do y'all remember what David did? King David, when he was fleeing from Saul and all of his men were hungry and they went into the temple and they went and they, um, and they asked for food and the only thing that they had was the showbread and David and his men ate that bread. And then this is what Jesus says, Mark chapter two, verse number 27. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Catch it. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift for you and me from God. And what do we do on the Sabbath? Whatever is not our work. So we, t- we model this and teach it to our children. So our, our children, we tell them every week they need to take a Sabbath. So what is their job? Their job is school. So once a week, they're not allowed to do anything related to school. And so as we're teaching this a couple of years ago to our kids, one of my children, I said, hey, can you please go and load the dishwasher? And they looked at me and they said, but dad, today's my Sabbath. <laughs> kids, say the darndest things. And I looked at her and said, sweetheart, your job is school. Unloading the dishwasher is a chore. You're not working on school today, but there's things you got to do around the house. And so what am I trying to get at? What do you do on your Sabbath? Whatever is your work, don't do it that day. Now, again, as I mentioned before, we are not under the law. We are under the grace. It's why I said schedule it weekly. What does it look like for me? Let's be real. Let's be frank. If you are off, if today is your day off, raise your hand. Okay. Most of you, today's your day off, right? Not me. I am at work right now. Throughout the week, I studied and I prepared to deliver a God-inspired message to you. Okay? But this is my job. So I'm at work. So today's not my Sabbath. So this week, I need to schedule a day where I do nothing related to 3W Church. Again, we're not under the law. Sometimes I do it Monday. Sometimes I do it Wednesday. Depending on what my week is going to look like, what activities I have, what meetings we have, what activities are going on in the church. Sometimes I can't do it a full day as far as like, oh, I'm going to do it Tuesday. So I'll plan it and I'll say, okay, Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm turning it off and I will not work anything related to 3W until Wednesday at 2.01, 24 hours. So schedule it, find it, plan it, and then keep it. Schedule it and then keep it. What does a Sabbath day again look like for me? Extended time with God. I do my Bible reading every day. On my Sabbath day, I do extra time with God because I'm filling. On my Sabbath day, I'll do an extra time out on the paddleboard or an extra time I'll watch an extra TV show, an old Hawaii Five-0 or, or, or one of these things that I enjoy or whatever to, to, that, that just disconnects my mind and my mental cup and, or I'll cook because I enjoy cooking and that fills my cup. I'll do stuff that fills my cup. And here's the other part. The axiom, if you will, the reminder for us, okay, with refill, let's keep your tank full, with refresh is even in the busy season. So what does that mean? How many of you have heard this? Well, I'm just too busy right now to take a day off. Have you heard that before? Do you know that when God instituted the Sabbath, 
This is what he told them. They're farmers, by the way. I want you to think about this. And this is his words to them. Deuteronomy, you can read it. He says to them, in plowing time and harvest time, keep the Sabbath. Now, as a farmer, when is the most difficult, grueling time of the year? When you're plowing the fields and putting the seed and when you're harvesting the fields. The in-between is not as hard of a work, right? You still got to water. You got to do different things. But it's not the same when you plow and when you harvest. And God was so specific to them that as even in the plowing season and in the harvest season, you still need to Sabbath. So that's what I'm telling you, even in the busy season. You're an accountant. April is hard. March is hard. Still schedule a Sabbath. Can I tell you what? You're going to be healthier and better for your staff or your clients. I mean, have you ever tried to write a paper when you're exhausted? Like maybe like at two in the morning and then you had to submit it. So you submit it. And when you get the paper back, it's like, how did I write that? It was incoherent. Exhausted. Can I tell you another one? We make dumb choices when we're tired. I mean, I don't know about you, but I make dumb choices when I'm tired. And biblically, I can show you people making dumb choices when they're tired. One of them is Esau. See, Esau and Jacob... Jacob, whose name means deceiver, God changed it later to Israel. Everybody talks about Jacob being a deceiver because he, he stole the blessing. And they also talk about the birthright, but he didn't steal the birthright. He bought the birthright. See, this is what happened. His brother, his older brother, who was supposed to get, to get the birthright, he gets home one day from being in the field hunting and doing all this stuff. And Jacob had just made a bowl of a farro frijole, right? Like it's lentil soup, but he had just made some lentils. And, and, and Esau walks in and says, can I have a bowl? And Jacob says, I'll trade you a bowl of the beans for your birthright. And you know what Esau's words were this? These were Esau's words. Look it up. It's in the Bible. What good is my birthright if I'm dead from exhaustion? He was so tired, so exhausted, he sold his birthright. Let me explain to you what the birthright was. See, every child received an inheritance from their father. The firstborn had the birthright. He got a double portion of everybody else. And he sold it for a bowl of soup because he was exhausted. What things do we sell? Do we miss out on from God? Because we don't use the gift he gave us because we don't refresh, because we don't refill. If you're writing things down, I want you to jot this down. Worship team, come to the altar. We believe that to reach all that God has for us, we must refill and refresh. You know, I'm big into sports. And one thing I noticed about the Heat in their first game on that loss on Thursday night was that Almost every single one of those missed shots hit the front of the rim, didn't they? Do you know what that means? If you're an athlete, your legs are tired. They just went through a grueling seven-game series and had a one-day turnaround. I expect them to be better today because they'll have rested. They'll have fresher legs. But here's the reality. When you are exhausted... You cannot complete everything you're supposed to do. When you're exhausted mentally, 
when you're exhausted physically, when you're exhausted emotionally, when you're exhausted physically, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You cannot do everything you're called to do. So here's my challenge to you. We're talking about faith this year. You want to be able to walk in the level of faith that God wants you and receive the blessings and the miracles that you're believing for? Intentionally refill and intentionally refresh. Because as you are full, you're able to continue to believe. You're able to continue to fight. You're able to continue to go forward. Let's stand to our feet.